Hello, we are coming from the BBC room at London's Wigmore Hall. My name is Daniel Elphick. I'm a musicologist and researcher. Uh, I teach at Royal Holloway, University of London, and I'm a researcher on the music of Feinberg, which is why I'm joined here today by Mark Donnell, the Quator Donnell. Hello. Who are obviously going to be uh, putting on an extremely ambitious and much anticipated double cycle at the Wigmore Hall mm -hmm. of all complete Weinberg and all Shostakovich as well, side by side over two years. Mm -hmm. It's a big reason for this that uh, 2019 is the centenary of Weinberg's birth mm -hmm. uh, with lots of events going on uh, around London, but also around Europe, mm -hmm. around the world uh, to celebrate Weinberg. And today we're going to be talking a bit about uh, Weinberg's quartets, naturally, a little bit about Weinberg's music more generally, for listeners who perhaps might not be so aware, but are curious. Uh, and perhaps a little bit about the state of Weinberg in 2019 as well. Because uh, I think these things are really very interesting. So I wanted to start us off, Mark, if you might tell uh, us about uh, your first experiences with Weinberg. It's a really interesting story. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we started uh, Quartet in, in, in the early 90s. And we were young Quartet residents in Orbra. And the boarding quartet in this time was there as professional quartet residents, so to say. And, and we had this residency in the very first year of our quartet, and we were asked to play 12 concerts to do something special. And we got this uh, crazy idea to do the cycle of Old Shostakovich. means that we, we performed this cycle of Old Shostakovich from our first year. We worked a lot with the boarding and the Beethoven quartet. And for us, it was really like, I would say, yeah, it, it came really in, into our into our way to be a quartet, you know, in, into uh, our center of repertory. We, we always did a lot of Russian music and Shostakovich had been always very important. I think the cycle of Shostakovich we did 27 times in, <laughs> since then or so. so I mean, in, yeah. in complete cycle. And uh, then, naturally, this made us we were very close to Berlinski, the cellist of, of Borodin. We were very close. We, we got to know also the widow of Shostakovich, Irina Antonovna. We, we got to know a lot of musicologists in Russia, for example, Manashir Bramish Yakubov. And, and then, naturally, it was quite natural after a while. Actually, the first to mention that was a Belgian musicologist called Franz Lemaire, who told us, when you are tired with practicing Shostakovich, do the Weinberg cycle. <laughs> and Berlinski was pushing very much on this. Jakubov was also helping. And, 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 and for us, it got something quite normal. You, 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 you know, we, we thought, yeah, um, it's, we have this music which is amazing. I mean, Shostakovich was naturally very well known in the 90s, but maybe not so many quartets like now played old yes. Shostakovich. Yeah. And, and we thought it's, it's a sort of normal continuation. And then I must say it, it was quite amazing because, you know, uh, we started to play number 13, 8 and 7. That was the three first quartets we played, the, the ones that Borodin Quartet played a lot. They all belonged to the second period. The, the, so we could sort of do three periods in Weinberg, the early ones mm -hmm. from first that he wrote with the age of 17 that naturally corrected after but and to, to the six written yep. with the age of 26 then 11 years of gap to go from seven i would say to 13 the quartets written in the lifetime of shostakovich yep. and and then and then maybe the late one and 
I mean, that's one of the ways to 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 yeah. to, 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 to see them. them. But yeah. but it's true that all the the ones which were played often in this time were the ones which were the closest to Shostakovich. Yeah. And and even in the way how Berlinsky was personality a great friend personally a great friend of Weinberg we're speaking about Weinberg was a little bit still this image of little Shostakovich okay yeah and then because we had decided to really explore into it you know it was very difficult to get the part yes it's it's uh, yes we we got I mean we got some from Yakubov which is Russian printed editions of yeah. the scores yeah. where uh, actually personally I did most of my scores and copying from the score uh, handwritten. I still play on it, actually, even if now there's... So these are your handwritten parts from yes. the original manuscript scores of uh, the, Some of them from the manuscript, some of them for the, from the Russian edition of the score. Yes. yes. Because I didn't, like, cut on glue, you know, it looks mm -hmm, really... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then um, we got some parts also. We got, I think, 11th, we got the parts, 8th, we got the parts from Berlinsky. And, and then, but some quartets were really difficult to find. Like, and, and the, the ultimate way we, we found is that we went with my wife, um, I think it was 95 or something like this, or maybe no, it was after. It was, I think, 97 or something like this. Mm -hmm. We went to Olga Weinberg and we said, uh, we don't find number one, two, three, and five. And she, she said, oh, wait a minute. She went in another room and she came back with the manuscript <laughs> and, I thought, and she said here are they we said but we're not going to take the manuscripts she said no just do a photocopy and come back i mean you can imagine i mean you know what was moscow in the 90s and it was not moscow now it, it was a crazy town a little bit dan quite dangerous yes, uh, yes. quite you, you could be robbed or, or quite, quite easily and you take the moscow tube with four manuscripts on Weinberg on your heart. We were so nervous. I mean, we, we went directly to a photocopy shop, and even for the photocopy shop in these times in Russia were <laughs> something quite new, you know. And we went there, we, we, we took only, we, we left always three manuscripts in the flat where we stayed. We took only one to the shop because we didn't want to have always us, you know. Yes, we were yes, really to minimize, yeah. You know, it, yes, to, to think if something bad happens, we want it, yes. As you said, to minimalize wow. the, the risk. Yes. And, and then we directly, as quick as possible, went back to Olga and brought, brought yes. them back. And, and so again, for, for doing the parts, we had to copy and so on. And I think and there was very little of the quartets were recorded in this time. Yes. Uh, and, and it was really sort of an amazing discovery. And I must say, nothing had prepared us to what we found. It's exactly, I would say, like an archaeologist mm -hmm. who is searching something and then finding a whole civilization yes it's it's it was amazing i mean especially when we got into the first quartet i, I really and that's one of the reasons we might talk about the disposition later sure. but one of the reasons why we do it chronologically is to know weinberg you have to know the young weinberg yes. is i mean he's amazing all his life but but the young quartets go so far into into his own world, into uh, a way to permit himself everything, into a sort of complete freedom. I mean, if you look at the six quartets with five cadenzas written in it, you know, three for first violin, one for yes. viola, one for cello, it's who, who else is doing that? Like, who else is writing six quartets, six major pieces before the age of 26? In 20th century, no. I mean, in, in uh, yeah, you can say Mozart, yeah. Schubert, yeah. and so on. But, but it's a different but standard. It's, yeah. Absolutely, it's, it's a different time. 
so for us, it came into a conviction quite early, I must say. I would say mid of 90s that that this body of quartets is something just amazing. Yes. And for example, in no way less than, I would say, Bartok or Shostakovich yes. uh, in, in terms of, yes. of, of quality. And then the way we went into it, you know, we were highly influenced by the Borodins, uh, having worked a lot with Kobelman, a lot with Shebalin and an enormous lot with Berlinski, which was one with, with Zygmunt Nissel from Amadeus, one of, of our main teachers. And, and they, had, they had a very special way to play, even in Beethoven anyway, you know, with a lot of senza vibrato, a lot of very mm -hmm. slow sounds and so on. And we tried to start playing Weinberg like Shostakovich. And this way it was okay, but it was not great. Mm -hmm. And then and people didn't react on, on, on the public so amazingly. And then, w after maybe one year and a half or so, we, we started to think maybe we are wrong. Maybe we are going completely the uh, wrong way. And, and we started to, to play Weinberg going from the text, not yes. trying to make any Shostakovich and so, and trying to have the music lead us into what we have to do in it. Yes. And it got quite different. Uh, as we, we often, to, to simplify it, we, we would say that for us the same relationship like between Beethoven and Schubert. Of course. Uh, Beethoven being closer to the amazing architecture of Shostakovich, mm -hmm. which is where, where everything in proportion is so amazing. Yes. And it's so, it, it's like a perfect story where, where, where you don't have one minute which is not where it should be. Yes, everything and, in its and, place. And Weinberg, yeah. like Schubert, is to come into a world and you don't know how long you are there. He's taking you, you know, it's like he's taking you with the hand, yes. bringing you into where he wants to bring you. Yes. And naturally, it's amazing. Naturally, there is also a sort of story in yes. it. But it, it's the, the, the way to deal with time is completely different. Yes. If you look, 11 squatted, four movements, two and a half with mute. The only one which is not with mute is not going over mezzo piano. It's, it's, it's controlled and restrained. It's really, yeah. yeah. And I, look the first movement of Nine Squatted, mm -hmm. 10 minutes and a half of double, double forte. forte. Yeah. I might try and situate us a little. So, yes, sure. absolutely, this is fantastic background. Um, by way of talking about Berlinski, for instance. So, 20 years ago, in 1999, Berlinski wrote an article uh, to celebrate what was then, obviously, uh, an anniversary of Weinberg's mm -hmm. birth. So Weinberg died in 1996. Mm -hmm. So then that was his uh, 80th anniversary. And uh, Berlinski called Weinberg's string quartets an encyclopedia of the genre. That's how he ah. summed up these 17 quartets. Mm -hmm. So if I talk a little bit about, so Weinberg, yes, there are 17 string quartets. We compare that to Shostakovich's mm -hmm. 15, for instance. They mm -hmm. quite rightly have their place in the quartet repertoire. Mm -hmm. As you touched upon modern quartets, uh, many, many people perform uh, complete cycles. Many people have them in their repertoire mm -hmm. as well. Where Weinberg fits in those is quite an interesting story, though. Mm -hmm. So uh, as a bit of academic background, I suppose, mm -hmm. Weinberg obviously born 1919. Uh, he mm -hmm. was born in Warsaw mm -hmm. to a uh, family. His father was a violinist. And that's quite an important detail. Mm -hmm. He was performing in theatres, particularly in Jewish theatres around mm -hmm. Warsaw. So Weinberg's uh, father uh, came from what's now Moldova, uh, or Kishinev, the, the town where there were very large mm -hmm. famous pogroms yes. before the First World War. Um, 
so Weinberg had a Jewish ancestry. Uh-huh. That's a massive part of his identity as a composer. Yes. In fact, talking about identity with Feinberg is complicated. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, he's raised in Poland in Warsaw, pre-war mm-hmm. Warsaw. But there's a massive part of Jewish identity there as well. Amazing. In 1939, he knew that uh, a Jewish family would not be safe in Warsaw, so he made preparations to flee. Mm-hmm. And then a complicated story, he managed to cross the border into Belarus, then part of the Soviet Union, uh, and settled there, was granted a, a form of citizenship there, remained within the Soviet Union for the rest of his life, having dotted around a few other places during the war, mm-hmm. but then lived the rest of his life mostly in Moscow. Mm-hmm. So adopted, in some ways, something of the Soviet or Russian style as well, and then eventually mm-hmm. became friends with Shostakovich as well. All of these influences become a kind of whirling pot of where to place Feinberg yeah. musically. So I find it really interesting that you want to talk about all of the quartets in order to uh-huh. place Feinberg musically. Uh-huh. So, for example, yes, we talked about groupings of quartets, uh-huh. but the first one for me is really interesting because this yes. predates oh, yes. Shostakovich's oh, yes. first quartet. You are completely so, agree with you, yes. Yeah, so obviously Shostakovich's first quartet is C major, mm-hmm. very, very sunny sort of outlook, very positive, yes. not normally what yeah. we associate with Shostakovich. No, sure. Feinberg's is C minor yeah. and is very chromatic, creeping lines, yes. And is in a way more intricate with some of his much, much later works. First of all, I, I completely agree that the first quartet is something in, in itself. So I, I would say really, as Russian music is deeply in our d- DNA, but, but nevertheless, we are French, so we, we played a lot of French music, obviously. We are a string quartet, so we played a lot of Beethoven, Haydn, Mozart. Mm-hmm. But um, we, and, and we all in the quartet have a great love for Fauré. Mm-hmm. But uh, we... We were really surprised when when we worked on the first quartet. We had probably we did nine of the quartets before, uh, so it was not one of the first we did, and and then we were really amazed by this sort of foreign themes, especially the second theme of yes. the first movement. Yes, I would think that to you. I would say it's French music. Sure, you know, in in, in a way, I mean, it can be something else. So, yeah. but. but so to me, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I hear the first quartet, mm-hmm. I think it's something like Shimonovsky, yes. especially Shimonovsky II, exactly. second quartet. Um, but from a musicological point of view, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Weinberg yeah. wrote his first quartet, 17. Yes. He's a piano student at the yes. Warsaw Conservatory. He's not receiving any composition lessons at all. Yeah. What's going on at the Warsaw Conservatory at that time? Well, only a few years previously, Shimonovsky had been head. Yes. He was writing the second quartet, yes. and about this time it was being premiered, and the music scene in Warsaw, pre-war Warsaw, was all mm-hmm. about Bartok, was all about Foray Ravel. 
This is saturating the music scene. Yeah. Yes, and that's very sense. interesting because the, the second quartet is really going quite far from it. Yes. I mean, the second quartet is extremely energetic. Uh, it, it has a lot of research in, in terms of... It, it, I would say, in the, in the way, there is something of the first of Shostakovich, maybe in the, yes. in the second of Weinberg, in the, yes. in the amazing energy, in the way to, you know, the last movement. And, and this is very much also the, the music of a young boy, I find, okay. of a very yes. young man. Yes. All this last movement in G major, finishing in C. That's it. It's, it's really like a provocation. It's, yes. It's amazing. And that, that's interesting, actually, when, when you see how is, is Weinberg as a... I mean, he, he had a bad health. Everyone says he was... A, actually, a few... Uh, naturally, when you hear all guys, his second wife, talk about him, but also everyone says he was so sweet person, so good to people, yeah. so unable to do something bad, unable to harm. Yeah, so friends and family wrote he was very, very yeah. softly spoken. Yes. Never yes. known to um, ever express or to yeah. talk somebody down, yes. rather be quiet than Absolutely. talk anybody down. Which is amazing after the, 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 the things he went the through. The things he would have lived he, through, he, yeah. could, he could have been uh, someone with a lot yeah. of hate inside himself. But yes, as a Jewish musician, in the 20th century, um, mm -hmm. the spectre of anti-Semitism followed him throughout his life. Yes. So he fled uh, the Nazi advance into Poland, yeah. then uh, eventually reached Belarus, as I mentioned, settled in Minsk mm -hmm. for two years, yes. where he did actually study composition. Yeah. He studied composition with the pupil of Rimsky-Korsakov, Konzolatoryev, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and that was the only time Weinberg ever studied. Just two years. That's he got a basic bad. diploma at the end. Yeah. <laughs> the day after he graduated, or got his diploma with a concert, mm -hmm. Then the Nazis invaded the Soviet Union. Um, so Weinberg had to flee again. He thought, having thought that he might have safely gotten away from anti-Semitism, had to flee again. Fled an extremely long distance uh, to Tashkent, where he then settled for another two years. And then eventually was invited to Moscow in a way that mm -hmm. Weinberg had forwarded a score to Shostakovich. He forwarded the score of his first mm -hmm. symphony. Shostakovich was so impressed with this very young composer who'd written a work like this first symphony. Shostakovich invited him to Moscow with his family, uh, and Weinberg settled there for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, but anti-Semitism didn't go away yes, either. Sure. Um, and while Weinberg may have escaped destruction, quite literally, um, his family didn't. So his parents mm. and his younger sister died in the Holocaust. They were murdered mm. as part of the Holocaust. In a complex story that I mentioned uh, when we were chatting earlier, that yes. the more researchers find out, the less we know for sure. We know that they died as part of the Holocaust, but mm. the exact location is unknown, for instance. Yes. Um, but we know that that happened. Weinberg wrote a lot of music in memoriam to yes. his parents and his sister, yes. for instance, the yes. 16th Quartet. Which is so touching, which yes. is so amazing. Yes, it's dedicated yes. to his younger sister. Yes, yes. Um, even more interesting for me, that quartet features themes from his very earliest works. There's a piano mazurka, which mm -hmm. he wrote when he was 15. Yes. And his sister would have heard this music. That's and he puts amazing. that in his quartet. I was speaking about the 16. Yeah. First of all, I, I want to tell you about an experience we, we did. I mean, we played a lot of the 16s with Mendelssohn Opus 80, mm -hmm. which naturally makes sense because of, of the death of the sister. But naturally, the situation is very different because Mendelssohn just had lost his sister, yes. was completely desperate, wrote yes. to uh, his other sister, what are we going to do now that she's dead? Yes. It was, and, and, but the, the last page of Opus 80 of Mendelssohn is, is like a shout of pain. 
Yes. It's, it's really, for me, maybe the most violent piece of quartet e ever written. Mm -hmm. Even if Mendelssohn always has this image to write tender, sunny yeah. music. I mean, that, that means also that people misunderstand Mendelssohn, misunderstand yes. how, how large also Mendelssohn is, how he can go from... Wide-reaching. Absolutely. Say, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's also naturally one of the biggest genius ever. Mm. And, and, and the, but the, the end of Opus 80 is so painful. And then you think it cannot be worse than that in some way. And then you play Weinberg 16 and you have this last movement with mute. And, and I, have, I have the impression that often, like Shostakovich does, when he wants to go into something very painful, is reducing. Yes. Actually, going yes. into something extremely simple. Yes. Extremely. But the end of the 16th, it's like, like she would fade away. Yes. And there is a sort of acceptance, which is, uh, uh, as I would say, not less horrible than the, 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 the shout of pain of Mendelssohn. Yes, as contrast. It's, it's, and, and it's amazing to see these two yes. pieces. Naturally, one is written a, a few weeks after yeah. the and death, the and the other 40, so the 44 years. So the 16th quartet <laughs> is yeah. um, written in the same year that uh, his sister Esther would have been 60. Yes. It is so the reason for the dedication. 40, yeah. 44 years after he's seen her the last time. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's... Um, And this goes in some way to talk about his quartets more generally as well. Yeah. There's a huge scope of emotion and range of characters in them. Yes. But very often there's a extended uh, periods of lyricism within yes. them, for instance. Yes. For me, this is how I would explain yes. Shostakovich and Weinberg very close. But the biggest difference yes. is the I way that Weinberg can prolong the sense yes. of this feeling. Yes, and, 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 and it's true that you feel... I mean, okay, Shostakovich wrote great operas also, but 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 as Weinberg wrote seven operas, and you can feel very much his sense of voice. Yes, I mean it's it's amazingly singing. Mm -hmm. There is he has a sense for singing which is really yes. amazing and yes. which is which is I think quite 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 unique in, yes. in this century. It deserves I mean, to be said that Weinberg wrote a huge number of song cycles. Yes. And for example, there is the Cathedral Donnell's complete recordings of the quartets, yeah. which are fantastic. Yeah. They're being taken up by other groups as well as a sign of so them really good. entering repertoire. Which we are so happy about. And in some sense, we are awaiting the same service for the song cycles. Sure. They've been recorded here and there. They are being performed yeah. more and more. But there yeah. is a wealth of music in there. His writing oh, yeah. for voice yes. is incredible. Perhaps most famously, and uh, particularly London audiences might remember yeah. uh, The Passenger. Yes, this sure. opera that was performed uh, sure. at ENO, that was in yes. 2011, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, but that was premiered a year before at Bregenz, Bregenz Festival. So we started to play some Weinberg in 94. And it was really a fight to have a promoter accept one quartet. Mm -hmm. And I would say the biggest promoters didn't do it. Yes, so that was that was really like if we have some friends to whom you say yeah yeah, and it's a little bit like they would say okay we we let you play your Weinberg but you play your please play this piece for us, <laughs> and and then, I would say it was pretty the same until 2010. Okay, uh, th there was no big difference. I mean, uh, you know it's interesting because some things when they happen you feel sad, and after a time you get proud of it. When we did the very first cycle, concert cycle of, of uh, quartets of Weinberg in four days. It was in this country, in the University of Manchester, where, where we are at home since now 15 years or so, uh, and where we have been meeting each other. Yeah. Um, and 
we really had the impression it was something historic. Yes. Because it's the first time that a big, big corpus of quartets was played in the same place in a short time. And actually, two of the pieces were first performed in this time, the Ariane yes. Capriccio. And some of the concerts, there was only 50 people listening. Yes. There was no one journalist. There was absolutely... And, and, and we had really very much, we ate a lot together with the public. We had really this impression of a family, yes. of, of, of a society. Yes. So to say, uh, a little bit like people which have a weird idea and others don't agree yes. to this idea. Yes. But we were, I think, on us, on the public, and naturally uh, people like you and David, uh, uh, the, I mentioned David Fanning, mm -hmm. we were so convinced. Yes. And now, uh, in this time, I was really almost in tears. But we were feeling, we have really the impression to, to make a statement. To, to make something which is important for the music history. And no one cares. And uh, it was a little bit like this. Yes. And, and then now, when I think of it, I'm really proud. A I think a bit of vindication now. Because now it, it sounds to me like, I mean, we, we did the cycle this year in, in, uh, in Manchester again. We, we did it in Paris in the Philharmonie, which was full at every concert. Yes. Uh, we have this amazing look. We're so excited about this project to do mm -hmm. it here with, yeah. with Shostakovich. We did it in Washington. It was full. Uh, we, we're going to do it in uh, Elb Philharmonie, in, uh, in Taiwan, in um, uh, Amsterdam Music Gebouw. And actually now when you play Weinberg, it's full. Yes. So, yeah. so, so I mean, now when I think back of it, I, I am not frustrated anymore because I feel Weinberg did it. Yes. Weinberg yeah. is now in the repertoire and it will be more and more and naturally things like this cycle here I hope will help to get it even more yes so now when I think about 2009 I think more like happy few you know like <laughs> uh, yes we were there <laughs> you know like I would say it was pretty special as well in Manchester earlier this year it was an almost reunion Yes, of that. Exactly. So another. So it was enormous. So full tribute um, and credit to uh, David Fanning and Michelle Asai yeah. at Manchester. Yes. Uh, so there's this huge renaissance of Weinberg performance, yes. but also scholarship. So yeah. people like the Catodonelle were recording yeah. music, performing music, but also on the yeah. academic side, people like David yeah. and Michelle yeah. were really getting to grips with these scores for the very sure. first time before sure. anyone else. You know, I, we, we know David since. Uh, I think the end of the 90s or something like this. And, and as far as I remember him, we spoke about Weinberg together. Yes. Uh, yes. That, that's, that's something which is really very, very... He was really in, in the first uh, yes. generation in the West to care about Weinberg. Also author of um, the first ever single volume book on Weinberg, yes. which there is going to be a much larger, not a revised edition, a completely different, mm -hmm. much larger life and works book released yes. hopefully later this year. Between this and your book, we will have a lot to read in English. Yeah. In that. So I, I, I have, a, thank you for mentioning, I have a book coming out uh, in October. Yeah. It's actually a book launch happening here at the Wigmore Hall on the Saturday. So the first Donnell's concert, Weinberg mm -hmm. Quart and Shostakovich Quartets, mm -hmm. is on Thursday the 24th of October. Mm -hmm. On Saturday the 26th, as a real way to, for audiences to immerse themselves, there is a full day of concerts. Mm -hmm. organized by uh, violinist Linus Roth, who okay. has himself recorded the complete Weinberg solo works for violin. Okay. Uh, we have three concerts that day, mm -hmm. uh, 11, I think, 3 o'clock and then 7.30. Mm -hmm. If that's not enough, I'm uh, giving a little talk, a little preview of my book uh, that evening as well. 
for anybody interested in reading and finding out more about Weinberg, there's a treasure in that there's David and Michelle's book going to be coming out, uh, released with Takata Classics. Mm-hmm. And then as a more specialist-focused study mm-hmm. on just the string quartets, there's going to be my book, which is with uh, Cambridge, mm-hmm. going to be out uh, very, very soon. Yeah, and we, we expect for it. Well, yeah. I am looking forward, uh, especially having attended the cycle several times, the combination mm-hmm. of Weinberg and Shostakovich together, chronologically. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is very, very interesting. I've written and I talk about putting mm-hmm. them side by side. So uh, towards the end of Weinberg's life, especially in outside of Russia, uh, performers and but some scholars were uh, often rather mean about Weinberg in comparison to Shostakovich. Yes. And you talked a little bit about these are some of the middle quartets. The context that's mm-hmm. missing there is important. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment, but I'll start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I said that Weinberg's first quartet predates Shostakovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shostakovich only came to the quartet actually quite late. He's already yes. written uh, two operas and four or even five symphonies yes. by that point, whereas Weinberg started is one of his very first works. This is Opus 2, is his first quartet. Putting them side by side, especially these early ones, we don't get a sense of one following the other. Not at all. Or we do in one sense, in that there's a very interesting case where Shostakovich, or it's quite possible, that mm-hmm. ideas from Weinberg were picked up in Shostakovich, where several of Shostakovich's quartets come after and take some of these ideas and we start to see an influence that's not just Shostakovich giving to Weinberg, Absolutely but mutual. Me. But I know that you, re- you researched on it, and, and, yeah. and you, you, you proved it very well. With, with But it's fantastic to have this demonstrated in concerts, yeah. and I hope this will be uh, abundantly clear in performance. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really exciting thing to mm-hmm. program these together. Mm-hmm. 